This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Fury over Zoom. Peter, first and foremost, how are you doing? How's life been treating you? Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, just getting on with things. Uh, we've started the camp now, so both you uh, and Savannah's in training camp, so we're just working away every day now. Obviously, we've spent the last five or six months kind of contesting the pandemic around the world. Have you guys found it on a personal level, trying to kind of have some form of life around it? Um, not really mattered that much. Just got on with it, really. Just getting on with the job. That's all we can do, isn't it? We've seen you be a lot more um, active on social media as well recently. Have you kind of enjoyed maybe seeing or interacting with people a bit more on that, with that side of things? Yeah, that's been nice. You know, nice to talk about a bit of boxing and stuff. And the fights, we've had the, the fight camps, we've had NSC Sports, there's MTK Global, you know, there's, they're all putting the fights out there. So they're, they're nice to uh, see when I've got a TV, that is. <laughs> Another thing which I've also noticed, you've, um, you've enjoyed the, a, lo a little trip to the pub for a Guinness, Peter. Is that, is that something that kind of, you're not necessarily missed, but you've enjoyed being able to go and experience a game? Well, as, as everybody knows, you know, we've got Winston, you know, which is the new addition. So uh, what happens, I take Winston for a walk and uh, obviously on the way back, instead of turning left back home, I turn right to the pub. <laughs> so it's a perfect excuse. So as Winston sat there looking at me drinking some Guinness, you know, it's a good way of walking the dog. I'm sure that's a tip I'll keep in mind for later in life, Peter. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting to the reason doing this sort of boxing, let's start off with Huey, your son, you know, back in camp now. How's he been looking after this kind of period without any kind of knowledge as to what would be happening with the sport? Yeah, he's always kept his hand in it. He's, a, he's not naturally fit anyway, so he's been training. Um, he's, uh, we started sparring, he had his first bar back yesterday. So um, now the sparring started, went to a proper routine. And the same with Savannah. You know, proper sparring's now started from yesterday. So that's it. It's all systems go. So he's in a good place. He's in good shape. Um, yeah. And we just keep working away now until the, until the fights come. With both Huey and Savannah, their return to the gym, have I, have I pleased you by the way that they've managed to keep on top of things? Or have they surprised you? What's been your thoughts on it? Yeah, they've, they've both kept themselves very well. They're in good shape. Um, like I said, they don't have to lose weight or anything like that. They're in shape. So <clears throat> all it is now is getting the sparring, getting the timing back and everything else and just getting back in the groove of it. So we're just working on the stuff that we've been working on. With Huey, what are you looking at? Have you got any kind of names or any potential dates lined up? Huey's uh, probably looking at November stroke December. Savannah um, is penciled in for October in Newcastle. So um, we're looking for Savannah. Hopefully uh, she gets a world title shot then. So that's, that's, the, that's the route for Savannah at the moment. That's what we're looking at. That's, uh, that's the plans anyway. So October uh, for Savannah, stroke November, December for Yui. With Yui himself as well, I saw you know, Eddie did an interview and he said that 
with White Povetkin too. We'll come on to the first fight in a little bit, but with White Povetkin too in that rematch, he'd like it to take place around November time, and he'd like to make Huey versus Dave Allen if he could do. Is that one of the fights that you've considered? No, Huey and Dave Allen's out of the question because Dave Allen has offered Huey out now three times, and every time Huey's uh, accepted, then Dave Allen's got another story. So basically, we wish Dave Allen all the best, but unless Dave Allen becomes a world heavyweight champion, Dave Allen's no interest to us any longer. So aside from Dave, any names in particular which are kind of sticking out to yourself or to Huey Peter? Uh, not really. You know, we're speaking to our team and uh, we will have a look at it. But uh, we'll get somebody decent anyway. It's no point getting a blowover because it ain't going to mean anything. Just like the last opponent didn't mean much. So we'll get somebody of somebody who's a, a decent test and a good calibre fighter. So we're looking at um, a decent fight for him. Moving on to Savannah as well. You mentioned you're hoping to get a world title shot in place for her. How likely is it that we will see that come about? And obviously you've got that potential mega fight with Clarissa Shields just down the line as well. Well, yeah, you know, all being well, uh, that fight should be made sometime in December. So first of all is to get past this in October. Get a strap round the waist and away we go again for the unification fight with uh, Clarissa. What did you make of Clarissa's uh, interactions with uh, Eddie and Savannah? And obviously, saw yourself in there as well over social media. I think it's all good. It's uh, it's all good fun and it's uh, it's nice. You know, Clarissa Shields is a very very good fighter, and it's not going to be an easy task. And um, but this is the fights. These are the fights you ultimately want to be in. You know, to prove if you are the best, and we'll see. Nobody's got a magic wand. You can't say what's going to happen. So um, I know one thing, Savannah will be 110% ready. We've seen so whatever, whatever, whatever the outcome's going to be, we'll know on the night, won't we? <laughs> We've seen some brilliant uh, female fights over fight camp and amongst other shows as well. Is this kind of the perfect time for Savannah to capitalise on it all because there's such kind of an interest really zoning in on female boxing? I think so, but Savannah's very exciting to watch. You know, she's not really, you know, she can tech opponents out. So it's very good. She's got some great skills and uh, she's got some good combination punches. And like I said, she can really hurt her opponent. So it's uh, very interesting. So Savannah... It's very exciting to watch for the women's boxing because we've got, we've got somebody who's um, big for the weight at middleweight as well. So she makes the weight well. So she's very, very strong at that weight. So it's, uh, like I said, she's definitely uh, a crowd pleaser because she can punch. <laughs> How likely is it, just once again, do you feel it will be that we could well see Savannah versus Clarissa come the end of the year or do you think there may be obstacles in play there? They shouldn't be. Um, I think both fighters want it, so towards the end of the year, providing nobody starts doing silly things, then it will happen. Let's move on to kind of some shows and some fights that we've seen, Peter, to kind of look back over. Let's start off with Fight Camp itself. And the first fight I want to touch on was the headline show, the headline fight from the first show, Eggington versus Cheeseman. A brilliant fight from start to finish. What did you make of it, Peter? I thought it was a very good fight. I thought it was very, very close. And, uh, <coughs> you know, you can't really argue, I suppose, either way. I actually thought Eggington done enough. That's, that was my initial view on it when I, when I saw it. 
But, you know, look, I'm not a judge. I can only just give um, my opinion on it. But it was a close fight, so I can understand if it went the other way. It's no big deal. I saw you interacting with obviously John Pick, who trains and looks after Sam uh, on social media after that. And one thing which kind of John's really come out about and been vocal about was he wasn't happy with the commentary. When you've watched the shows, in particular that first one, when there wasn't the glass screens in place, do you understand maybe John's frustrations? Do you see that maybe whatever the commentary was saying, it would have reached the ring? Oh, it's, it's possible. And I'm not ringside. I don't know what the system is there. But like I said, yeah, if the commentating, if the commentating and the judge, judges are listening to it and they're all pro uh, the other guy, then obviously it, it can, can sway things, can't it? Because now they've got like opinions at the back, you know, in the commentaries, you know, the Tucker's gospel. So it could have an impact if they have heard what's going on. And if, I don't know if they have or not, but if it did, I would say for sure it would, have, it would resonate with the judges, wouldn't it? Of course it would. What did you make of the commentary throughout Fort Campeter? Because certainly over social media, it's had a, a strong reaction to it in a negative way. I can't really remember the commentary, to be honest with you. I watch these fights and I do listen to the commentary. I think Matt Macklin does a very good job, to be honest. He calls the fights. He, he, he's, uh, you know, he's not, he's not pro Sky at all. I see him being fair with it, to be honest. You know, I can't really pick anything he, he, he says which is wrong. He assesses the fights well. I like his run-ups as well when he's, he gives his opinion before it starts. So I think he's... Uh, I think Matt is really coming on, to be honest with you, as a, as a commentator. So I enjoy listening to him. Some of the others are a bit pro the other way, a bit too much with it, like you said, and then it becomes... You know, look, whether uh, the fighter's a sky fighter or whatever, it doesn't matter commentators need to give an unbiased opinion because these are two fighters in there that need maximum respect and support. So commentary should be unbiased. It should be you're judging it and you're judging it for the crowd as well and the viewers on the TV. So you need to be, you know, totally unbiased with what you're saying. And then there's no problem. It's a better show. People respect it more. You know, what you don't want to have is where the, the where the public are watching it on the t on the TV, and then the commentary is totally something else because then it's causing all kinds of issues because you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, surely the other one's getting the better of it. So it's uh, can be stupid at times, but um, <coughs> I think that's on rare occasions to be honest. But I think in general, I think the commentary is fine. Moving forward, Peter, and on through the second week, we saw a brilliant headline fight once again between Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas. A very close decision loss, as a decision draw rather, there between uh, Tasha and Terry. But many felt that Tasha had done enough on the night. What were your thoughts on it? Again, it was very, very close for me. Could have went either way. So the draw is what it is. I didn't have, uh, I didn't really have one beating the other, to be honest. I thought, you know, you know, don't forget, Harper's the champion. You know, so it is what it is. But like I said, you know, full credit to Jonas to, to fight like that because she did pull it out the bag properly. And she proved a lot of naysayers wrong. So like I said, she's established herself now on the world stage. So she's only got good things to come from that. Yeah, she, all right, she hasn't got the belt, but she's got a draw with the world champion. So the only way that 
the only way she's not a world champion is because the other one's already got it. And it always stays with the champion. So she needs a lot of respect from it. And uh, hopefully they can get a rematch on and do it again. And then the following week, we saw Cash Wellborn as again uh, a very good victory for Cash with a fifth round stoppage victory. Um, what did you make of that one for as long as it lasted? Uh, which one was that now? Cash Wellborn. Is that the dark headed kid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah. He's, he, can, he, he can do better, that kid. I, I can see he's got room for improvement. He looks like he can deliver more. So. You know, I think uh, the future's bright for him. Then obviously the final one and the most stunning and eye-catching one for many was uh, White Povetkin, stunning fifth-round knockout from Alexander. What did you make of that fight? And obviously up until the point of the stoppage itself, Peter. Well, you can only say uh, he was winning the fight. You know, he was controlling it behind the jab. <clears throat> And he had him down a few times with legitimate shots. But like I said, there was only there was flash knockdowns. He didn't seem to be severely hurt by him. Although Povetkin always seems to be a bit unsteady on his legs. So looking at it, he was definitely winning the fight anyway. And I think what Dillian thought to himself, I think what's happened here is this. He's got a little bit complacent because he thought to himself, the fight's in the bag. <clears throat> I've had this guy down twice. I'll just take me time. And obviously, he's just backing up. He's letting Povetkin. He knows what's coming. He's in control of it. But Povetkin's got through with a shot that he's not seen. And that's it. It's the end of it. So I think uh, it's a little bit for Dillian White thinking, because he's bossed the fight in the early rounds and he's been down twice, he's automatically took it for gospel. This fight's in the bag. You know, and he's, you know, he's, got, uh, he's been relaxed, probably a little bit too relaxed and got clipped, and that's the end of it. But when you get it with stops like that, no matter who you are, especially when you don't see them and they hit flush like that, you know, you're going one way. So it will, that, that was the result. But, you know, look, he'll come back. He's not damaged him. It's a matter of fact, he'll learn from it and be a better fighter, won't he? So these things happen. It doesn't mean to say he's got a bad chin. It doesn't mean anything. You know, you get it properly, you're gone. But he'll come back and uh, they've got a rematch, haven't they? <clears throat> what did you make of just before we move on to that what did you make of the setup and the punch itself from Alexander with that uppercut that was spot perfect you know he's a you know he's a world class operator you know we all know no matter how the age is no matter how tired they go they don't lose the power in the punches so Povetkin he knew he had to get something out of the bag pretty quick because in the later rounds he probably wouldn't have been there so I think he, you know, it was planned. He executed it properly, and he delivered the he delivered the blow, which uh, turned the fight totally around. So that was it. You know, he needs uh, full credit for what he done. It was no lucky punch. It was planned. You know, he executed it perfectly. You don't land lucky punches and knock people out cold. I can tell you that. When AJ lost to Andy Ruiz Jr. in New York, a lot of people were saying maybe he should have an interim fight before going straight back in for a rematch. On the back of such a heavy knockdown in Dillian's case against Alexander, would you say it'd be best to go straight back in for a rematch or should he have an interim bout beforehand? No, straight back in there. You know, it's a, you know it hasn't affected him. You know, you see how he was interviewing afterwards. He, he's awake. He's fine. It's just one of them. 
you know, get back in and just be a little bit more cautious next time. He knows what to expect. So next time he should uh, he'll be able to correct it. Listen, boxing is like life. It's ups and downs. It's like the weather. Things don't go to plan. That's why it's called boxing. That's why people watch it. If you knew categorically everybody was going to win every time, what's the point looking at it? Things go wrong. Another heavyweight show, uh, heavyweight fight that took, uh, took place on that card was Alan Babich versus Sean Dal Winters. Uh, the savage Alan Babich certainly caught the eye of uh, many people who watched him. Did you watch that one, Peter? I did. What did you make of it? And what do you make of Alan himself? You know, what, what do you think he could go on to achieve? It's the same as any other young prospect. He's, he's, he's a prospect and uh, he's doing his best. And he, he just looks what he is. He's had three fights. And you can see the way he operates, he's had three fights. So he's, he's a novice in the heavyweight ranks. So, or cruiserweight, whatever it is. So he'll come through and he's got as good a chance as anybody else. So hopefully... I'm sure he'll get better as time goes along and he's got the right attitude, he's got the right mentality as well. Another fight, just to uh, kind of move forwards to and fights which are coming up. We saw Daniel Dubois victorious this past weekend. He's now got that Joe Joyce fight lined up. I just read somewhere that we're looking at November time now because we could have fans back in for then. What are your thoughts on so Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce, Peter? I think it's a good fight. Um, I think Dubois should have had a better test what he just had. So I don't know where that guy's come from. I think he was a bin man at, uh, from somewhere. But basically, he'd have been better off having a little bit of a harder test, in my opinion, in the ring. Because that's a big leap from that kind of a uh, body bag to Joe Joyce. But saying that, his team's got a good team, you know. Um, he's got very good trainers. You know, I know them well. And, uh, you know, they obviously, they know more than I do with it. You know, they're... They, it's their guy, so like I said, it'll be a good fight. That is not one-way traffic. That is a genuine 50-50 crossroads fight. That is, that can definitely go. It can easily go pear-shaped as what it can be a, 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 an ecstatic victory. So it's one of them. A lot of people kind of seem to think if Daniel doesn't stop Joe early on, then Joe will guide him towards a points victory. Is that the way you see it, or do you believe that Daniel could go on to be victorious by points, or Joe could stop Daniel? You know, look, they both they both can punch. Um, there's one thing Joe Joyce can do the distance very well. And as the rounds go on, he throws more punches. You know, he, he comes on even more and more and more. So unless unless Dubois can take him out, you know, then we have to see what Dubois is like down the stretch because Joe Joyce will bring it. He's not going to be able to rest between them rounds because Joyce will keep bringing it. He'll keep mounting that pressure every round. So if Dubois hasn't got that ability to take him out, then there's, there's, there's problems there. Frank's also come out and said that he'd be happy to put Daniel Dubois in with Alexander Usyk, both obviously very highly <coughs> with a WBO. What would be your thoughts on that? Do you think it's too soon for Daniel to face somebody like Alexander? Or do you think the natural size difference and what the scene from Daniel so far could cause Alexander any problems? Listen, let's look at all the best heavyweights in the world. They're all avoiding Usyk, yeah? Let's not even go there. That's an insult to Alexander Usyk, yeah? Alexander Usyk is probably one of the best 
in the world right now. At this stage in his career, he's a young, promising heavyweight. You know, he needs to be guided properly, and I'm sure they will do. Final thing, obviously, we're getting, we're getting closer to maybe AJ Pulev taking place at the end of the year. What are your thoughts on that, especially on the back of seeing uh, Alexander versus Dillian? Will AJ kind of be a bit more, not necessarily, I don't want to say switched on, but a bit more cautious of Kubrat Pulev now? Well, you just don't know everything's up in the air, isn't it? You know, that fight might not be happening, you know. Um, Deontay Wilder might not be happening. So, you know, I'll see what unfolds with all of that. Peter, we'll leave that there now. I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate your time and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing No Sorry. problem, Andy. You take care, mate.